That's weird. That's fucking weird. We should probably talk about it. There's a mystery here. Did you ever watch Buffy? Did you like that show? Oh, yeah. I love that show. Did you watch Angel? I never watched Angel. So me either. (laughs) (laughs) And I just tried to watch the first episode of Angel finally after rewatching Buffy like five times. Oh, how's that? It's so bad. Oh, my (laughs) God. It's bad. And maybe it gets better. But I couldn't even get, I I finished the first episode and I said, that's enough. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) But it takes place in Los Angeles and Cordelia's there and she's like trying to be an actress. And I was like, this is a lot. I'm probably going to love it. Maybe you would. There's there's a lot of things that I watch now that I'm like, oh, I don't necessarily like this. But I like there's a YouTube series sequel to The Karate Kid. Oh, my God called Cobra Kai. Oh my god. <laughs> and it's not bad. Like it's pretty decent. It's kind of funny and it's like it's pretty good actually. Um however, the best part about it is that it takes place in the valley. <laughs> and I actually know like what the valley is and where stuff like he drives past some like thing that's just like Tarzana strip mall or something and I'm like I've been to Tarzana. <laughs> I know exactly why he's getting in a street fight in front of a like 7-Eleven in a strip mall. <laughs> that's amazing. Have you Yeah. You should rewatch Clueless. Get that real valley experience. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> Amazing. The valley is better than it used to be, by the way. It is I've heard it's just so much better than since that movie. Oh, I'm sure. It's I'm I, I can't imagine it hasn't gotten better since the nineties. <laughs> there are there are some nice ass places out here in the valley currently, but like even five years ago it was just like what even is out there? <laughs> now I want to rewatch Clueless, because that's a great yeah, that's a great movie. Oh, I love that movie. So good. So good. Uh, have you decided what you're going to be for Halloween? Oh, okay. I was talking about this with my friends, and uh, I might just be Buffy. Oh, my God. Speaking of Buffy. Please like, be I already Buffy. have the fucking hair. I already have a leather jacket. I just need a pointy stick and, like, a white dress and some docs or something oh shit you're gonna do buffy going against the master like the season one finale that buffy yeah because i don't really want to buy a cheerleading outfit or red leather pants oh man i just saw that uh i don't know if you listened to the podcast the buffering i forgot i think it's just called the buffering cast or whatever but um the uh oh no it's called buffering the vampire slayer sorry i'm <laughs> i like that out of it but um they just did a live show and one of them dressed up as buffy and she had the um the red leather pants and the little black tank top and the blonde hair and she looked so fucking good and i was like that's amazing <laughs> yes i think it'd be easy the other thing that was floated by was just being like some kind of weird like wash up version of uh tinkerbell oh my god um, which is hilarious, like a white trash Tinkerbell, which I I love the concept, but I would rather be Buffy. I think. Please be Buffy. I would love that. Yeah, <laughs> do well, it for it's, me. It's decided. It's been settled. Yes, I'm still just gonna be Mothman, and I don't want to call it sexy Mothman, though there is a dress involved. So <laughs> I can't wait for sexy Mothman. I'm so excited for sexy Mothman. I already bought. I bought there's like a dress with wings and then 
these like red circle sunglasses and I'm going to make a little like feather moth antenna headband. It's going to be great. I cannot wait. Very into it. We're both going to have amazing costumes this year. I'm so stoked. Oh, man. I can't wait for Halloween in L.A. I hear it's crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This will be your first Halloween there. Mm-hmm. 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 I'm going to mm-hmm. celebrate with you the weekend before Halloween. And then when I get back to Seattle, I'm going to celebrate either the night of, which is a Thursday, or the Friday after, I think. Hell yeah. I'm going to make it go into November. I don't give a shit. <laughs> You're like, listen, Halloween starts now and it ends at Christmas. It ends when I motherfucking say so. Oh, my God. Yeah, I support it. I had a dream that for some reason I was celebrating my birthday in October. <laughs> or maybe my birthday was just in October in my dream. Uh, wow. And I came home and my boyfriend thought it'd be funny to decorate the house as if it was Christmas with like a tree and he dressed up as Santa and I was so pissed in my dream. (laughs) (laughs) That would be funny. No! I think it'd be funny because you'd be so mad. You'd hate it so much. I would be so mad. Oh, I would love it. Like, I would love to watch that Instagram story. (laughs) Uh, It would be all 100s and claps from me, dog. Oh, no. All 100s (laughs) and claps from me. (laughs) Uh, hi, by the way, I'm Ashley. I'm Christy. And this is That's Weird. It's a podcast right. about weird shit. Uh, I have a review to read you, per usual. <gasps> you do? I do. I hope I haven't read this one before. I don't think so, but it's from June, so <laughs> we'll see. Uh, this is from Mound House Dude. It says, real weird. I found this show because of their Facebook group. I think that's weird, Mound House Dude. Like, he joined our Facebook group, and then found out about our podcast. (laughs) I mean, our Facebook group is pretty good, though. I guess it's banging if people are just joining and they don't even listen to the podcast. (laughs) It's a good fucking group, Ashley. It's my favorite. It's my favorite thing about Facebook, for sure. Well, (laughs) it's a low bar. It's a very, very low bar. Same. And then he says... Uh, And it was a great decision to give this podcast with the extremely weird cover art a try. (laughs) Hell yeah. He says, give it a listen, learn something weird, and prepare to be entertained. And then he signs it Devin. I guess he has some podcasts of of his own. But thank you, Devin, for that review. We appreciate it. Oh, I like that. I like like our weird podcast cover art. I mean... Oh, it's so good. It's so like I liked good. the I liked the cute one as well, but I really like this one a lot. Yeah, I kind of I didn't hate it at first, but it was like shocking. <laughs> I know. I loved it. Going from our cutesy one to that, I was like, oh my god, I've made a mistake. <laughs> but <laughs> but it's it looks so different from everyone else's cover art and and it is truly weird and I love the goopiness of it and you know, it's great. Yeah, me too. I like it a lot. Shout out to that guy. Fuck, I don't even remember his name. Maxwell Junior Spaceman, something like that. We tagged him in a shit ton of photos on our Instagram. Oh, yeah. You should check him out. Because it's good. It's real good. It's so good. Okay, that's enough from me. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's enough of that. It's enough. Uh, so this is episode 91. Wow. I know, getting up there. And so that means that you could go first if i don't have anything else to say if you don't have anything no i guess not let's fucking do it christy all right uh so (laughs) i literally cannot fucking believe that we haven't talked about this and (laughs) 
We might have. And if we haven't, then just I have to everyone. Um, This is about the disappearance of Agatha Christie. Oh, yeah. We have not covered this. I can't believe it. Like, I don't believe that we haven't covered it. Like, it's I just like I had a backup because it's so on brand for me. Oh, my God. I fucking I love mystery novels. I love Agatha Christie. Listen, I'm so a mystery novelist became the center of her own mystery. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. So if you don't know about Agatha Christie, uh, oh, also, there's a really good, um, like, short video that's like a drunk history yes, of this. Yes. I'm going to post that for sure. It's with fucking Kirsten Dunst. Oh, my God. Kirsten Dunst, yeah. who's, like, she's, like, my favorite. And she's Agatha Christie, and it's wonderful. Yeah, it's amazing. So we probably maybe talked about that episode. Like that episode of have. Drunk History on this podcast, but we definitely haven't covered this, and I am fucking so excited I could scream. This is the best. Okay, uh, so Agatha Christie is she's a British writer lady. She's in uh, England. She's typing away at what <laughs> is presumably a um, a key, uh, like a you know, what are those old timey typing oh, things? <laughs> typewriter. <laughs> or do you mean typewriter? <laughs> I do, Ashley. <laughs> Great. I mean a typewriter. Uh so she's she's um famous already. She's had a couple of like good like one-off series, I think, and or one-off like books, and then also like she had already started writing a couple of like the Poro novels which are She's that's like hella famous that and Miss Marple. If you've ever, even if you don't know who Agatha Christie is, if you've ever seen any character in anything relating to mystery that is either a a French guy with a mustache or <laughs> b an old woman, it's because of her. <laughs> wow, shit! Like fucking, I'm pretty sure Murder, She Wrote wouldn't even exist without Agatha Christie. Murder, She Wrote is just American Miss Marple. I love it. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> uh, so, she's famous, uh, and she's got a husband. And uh, in, like, 1926, uh, she's, like, 36 years old, and her husband is like, hey, uh, I'm a piece of shit, and I'm in love with uh, this lady uh, and i'm gonna divorce you and marry her instead Fuck. and uh so agatha christie is like okay well fuck you then uh so she packs a bag <laughs> and gets in her car and just uh leaves she she leaves a letter saying she's going to yorkshire and uh then she like her car is like just found the next day empty crashed it's got clothes in it an expired driving driver's license that's how they know that it's hers and she's gone missing and so everybody like flipped their shit over a thousand police officers 15,000 volunteers and also airplanes airplanes for the very first time in history were looking for a person and over the like rural area where she was supposed to have gone missing um 
And also, my favorite part is like, and also a newspaper offered a hundred pound reward. A hundred pounds? That doesn't seem like that much. <laughs> like, honestly, like, I'm sure it was like kind of a lot comparatively back then, but there's no way it was like that much. <laughs> uh, okay. So, um, also, here's my favorite part. There's two, two other mystery writers who are famous. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, who wrote uh, Sherlock Holmes, who was, in fact, a detective himself, I think. But this is my favorite. He got really into spiritism, mm. um, which we've talked about before, to the point where his friend Houdini was like, dude, you're a fucking idiot. It's not real. And Sir <laughs> Arthur Conan Doyle was like, yeah, it is. I believe. And Houdini's like... Okay, sure. Um, which I love. I love that detail. Um, but so Sir Arthur, Arthur Conan Doyle gave a spirit medium one of her gloves to try to find her. Were they friends? I'm sure they were, or like a little bit friends, or at least he was like, yes, I'm going to capitalize on this. Like, but I bet they were friends because, like, you know, he was a British novelist and she was already successful yeah they were just like famous mystery writers so obviously like yeah i'm sure yeah i'm sure they also um dorothy l sayers is another like crime novelist of that era um and she's like hella famous too like she's got a lot of stuff um similar to agatha christie where it's like just sort of like chill um uh, like British mystery, <laughs> you know. Um, Love a chill wanna, British mystery. I never could get that into her. Um, I've never even heard of that person. Oh, she's. I mean, she's great. Uh, so, like, in the like between like the late twenties and early fifties, there's this like golden age of detective fiction era. So it's like her and Agatha Christie and Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. And also in America, we had all the, all the crime noir stuff like uh, the Maltese Falcon and that kind of stuff. All that shit was, uh, was about that same time. Wow. Yeah. So everybody was reading some fucking detective shit um anyway she's <laughs> she's famous uh doing that kind of stuff too just not quite as famous but uh she visited Agatha Christie's house in Surrey and uh it says use the scenario in her book Unnatural Death which I'm going to google that cuz I don't know what that is but basically <laughs> she went to Agatha Christie's house and like was like, okay, well, I've written a detective book. I'm going to use this same method and see if what happened in my book, this book, <laughs> happened here. Oh, my God. It, which is amazing. Um, uh, just, yeah, it's it's great. Um, she was, like, her disappearance was on the front page of the New York Times, um, and no one found her for 10 days. 10 days that must have been like the biggest fucking story just oh my god amazing yeah the best the best Uh, the best what a mystery from a mystery writer (laughs) yeah that thing just Um, writes itself also apparently at least according to the drunk history one apparently at one point she was heard talking to her sister and she told her sister like you know i'm a mystery writer i know all the tricks like i could disappear at any time 
I love that. And she fucking did. Because uh, 10 days later, uh, she was found at the Swan Hydropathic Hotel, which was just, it's like a, a spa retreat. <laughs> yes. Those are my she kind of vibes. A, I'm into that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so she, she checks in. She... Uh, Checks in under the name Mrs. Teresa Neal from Cape Town, Africa. Mm. And she like lies and is just like, don't, don't bother me. Like whatever. I'm just trying to let loose. And she like has just a fucking great time at this spa retreat for 10 days. And then they find her. And when they find her, she's like, what? I don't know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> like really, for real. Uh, and she just like goes back like and after that she just uh she goes back she divorces her husband she writes a million fucking books she meets this other guy uh and marries him and he's like a cool like archaeologist and they go like they she goes with him to his archaeologist things and just like writes her books while he's like doing this like cool old-timey british archaeology stuff it's amazing that sounds wonderful and i'm very jealous it's the best <laughs> also uh, apparently she's he's 13 years younger than her which i just love nice god she was uh, just winning at life she was doing she just so great shows up like let's see so this stuff happened in 1926 I think yeah and then like 1930 she married this guy so she just basically was like okay I'm over it this guy's hot let's do it (laughs) let's Uh, do it wait so that get married this all happened in the 1920s this happened in the 1920s okay that because I was going to ask why no one at the retreat or spa or whatever recognized her but I guess if she was just a writer maybe they didn't know what she looked like Actually, that's how she was found after she after it became such big fucking news. One of the like people that worked at the hotel was like, isn't that you? This is you. (laughs) That's you, isn't it? And so that's how they found her. It's like, girl, this is you. Girl, you're missing. Did you know? Girl, girl, you are missing. Did you know? Oh my god, that was just a story in the news. Did you see that? Oh yes, yes. (laughs) Like yes, the lady who's like looking for herself, and she had no idea, and all she did was change her clothes. I love that she didn't. Oh my god, this lady. Oh my god, she changed her clothes. She was in a tour group or something in Iceland, and she went and changed her clothes. And because she did that, I guess people didn't recognize her, and so they were looking for that woman. And they're like, "Oh my god, she went missing." And so they start this like search party, and the person who changed their clothes, who they're actually looking for, like didn't recognize the fact that those were like the clothes they described was what she just had on. <laughs> like what? Yeah. Yeah. She was, it's the best. She was searching for herself. I love it. Amazing. Anyway, sorry. Continue. Girl, same. <laughs> um, okay. Anyway, so uh, so there's a lot of like theories about how this happened. Um, it was the 1920s. So they're like, maybe she was hysterical and got like into a fugue state and was uh, had um, amnesia. But or also, um, people have said like maybe she got in a car crash on her way to wherever she was going, and then hit her head and had amnesia, and was just like, <laughs> "Oh, guess I'll just go here." Um, or 
some people even said like maybe she just faked her own disappearance to like create publicity around a a book that was she wrote that was coming out. I think it was the the murder of Roger Ackroyd, which you know, if, if you guys are curious, that's supposed to be one of the best ones she's written. Mm. Yeah, I love that that she that it's like one of the best ones like happened right before her disappearance, and then also she. She wrote all of her, like, a bunch of other, like, really good, really famous um, books after that. She was just like, yeah, I'm fine now. <laughs> she just needed those 10 days. This is, like, how Agatha got her groove back, you know? Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> um, and also, like, okay, so some people think that maybe she was going to, like, commit suicide and make it seem like her husband murdered her and then, like frame him for her murder like to get back at him which uh or frame her husband's like mistress for murder oh shit uh it's um i mean that that happens in a in a movie that they made uh as like an imaginary solution to it which i love because that's very it seems very on brand for her it's very dramatic i love it yeah um also like so that's pretty much it like except this like she just never talked about it again it's not in her it's not in her biographies or her autobiography at all yeah she she wrote an autobiography autobiography and it's not in there at all she just like she went to a spa for 10 days got over it and never fucking spoke of it again that's wild i wonder Ashley, why for the first time in history, they used planes to search for a missing person, and she never spoke of it How again. did she not get in trouble? Um, because it was the 1920s, and she was like, I don't know, I'm, I'm a woman, I'm uh, confused, I've got uh, amnesia. Well, a, a, a couple of doctors were like, yeah, she's got amnesia, that makes sense. <laughs> Okay, so that's I think that's why it's just like, you know, those goddamn old timey doctors. I know, I know. But so, yeah, so that's pretty much it. Except this. I was thinking like, wow, this is some Leo energy here. This drama. (laughs) So I looked up when she was born and she was born uh, September 15th, which is actually Virgo. Oh, but when I thought about it for a second, I was like. You know what? That makes sense. Like a Leo would love the drama, but only a Virgo has the precision to not only go missing for 10 days, but then come back and act like everything's fine and never speak of it again. Exactly. That is big Virgo energy. Just being (laughs) like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And don't ever ask me that question again. Like, literally finding out that she was a Virgo, I feel personally attacked. (laughs) (laughs) That's your new Virgo queen. Absolutely. Amazing. Maybe she's like a Leo rising or something. (laughs) There's a little bit of Leo in there somewhere. (laughs) There's got to be some drama in there. (laughs) If the revenge plot is true, maybe a little bit of Scorpio. Who knows? I know. Or maybe she's got a little Gemini in there and she's like two different people. And (laughs) that the other side of her has only resurfaced for those 10 magical days. (laughs) You never know. I don't actually know what all of those, uh, all of those 
zodiac signs mean, but I those are the two that I did know. And uh <laughs> just Virgo I feel and Leo. Good about it. Yeah, well, and also Capricorn because that's what you are and you're a big big on that. Well, that's just you have big Capricorn energy with all of your 100 million jobs. I'm a big old goat, 100%. <laughs> Little sea goat. I love that story so much. Even though I watched The Drunk History a long time ago, there were still a lot of like details and things that I did not remember. I loved this stuff. My favorite was the stuff about how Arthur Conan Doyle was like, ah, fellow mystery writer, I must help her. Give me one of her gloves. I will consult my spirit medium. I don't remember the years that Helen Duncan was doing her shit, but what if his spirit medium was Helen Duncan? <laughs> Very possible, because when we ta- remember when we talked about spiritism? Because he was big into that shit. Yeah, totally. Uh. I always think the worst of people. So I assume like him getting involved is like, he's like, well, I have to have some part of the story so that no matter what, if she's found or not, like I can write about it later. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Maybe it was Helen Duncan. (laughs) When was uh, Winston Churchill? I remember saying that he went to one of Helen's seances. I have no idea if all of these years line up or not. Well, they it's totally possible they could have crossed paths. Totes pause. I'm I'm finding it out. Hang on, hang on. Okay. Someone basically from what this is, someone who was at one of her things claimed that also Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Sir God damn it, his name is <laughs> Not hard to say. It is, And though. I can't pronounce that either. <laughs> Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Oof. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Anyway, this is... I just skimmed an entire article just to find out that basically someone was like, yeah, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle was totally there, too. Like, that's it. Oh, whoa. So they could have crossed paths because the timing was right. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Well... Fuck, let's start that rumor. Please. <laughs> that was Please. His, that was Helen his fucking... Duncan was looking for <laughs> Agatha Christie. Agatha Christie when she disappeared with the help of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. That's some amazing weird history. I would absolutely read all about those interactions. I would watch that movie. Sounds wonderful. Me too. I love it. So good. So that's it. I'm also surprised we've never done that. I know. I really couldn't believe it. I was seriously like, really, though? (laughs) Yeah, that's a big one. Uh, But also, if she never talked about it again, I mean, I feel like it kind of just kind of fades away. Like, people don't really discuss it. I love that she just never mentioned it ever again, even in her autobiography. She was just like, yeah, that's done. That's over. That's my past. I don't need it. (laughs) I'm very, I'm so much like that. <laughs> I would love to do I would, that. I would absolutely disappear for 10 days and come back feeling fine and just never speak of it again. <laughs> Make everyone else feel crazy. You're like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? That wasn't me. <laughs> Amazing. So you're going to put the drunk history clip in your show notes? Yeah, I have some other links as well as, of course, the Wikipedia. But uh, yeah, I'm definitely putting the drunk history thing because it's so good. Yes, yes, yes. I'm excited. I want to rewatch it now. I know. It was cute. I watched it earlier. 
Man, your topic is so fun. I feel like mine is kind of off brand for me and kind of a downer and also um but also the x-files is involved so at the same time it is on brand for me (laughs) okay all right and also i mean like you act like half our episodes at least aren't just like total downers that's true you're like it's really off brand for me being kind of a downer (laughs) anyway here's a bridge where dogs commit suicide like I'll never, I'll never forgive myself for that one. <laughs> Fuck. Oh my god. Okay. Please but get, I proceed. Mean, wait for this intro, Christy. You'll see how much of a downer. Oh, <laughs> well, my some god. of it. It goes up and down. Just bear with me. So I'm on the edge of my my seat inside <laughs> of my closet that I'm recording from. Perfect. That's where I want you to stay. <laughs> so exactly a week ago when we released this episode, uh, was the 18th anniversary of 9-11. So, oh, my God. <laughs> that's the level of sad we're at. Um, right. And, of course, I don't know how you wouldn't know about it, but just in case, almost 3,000 people lost their lives in the attack on the Twin Towers on 9-11. It's obviously this, like, huge American tragedy. Uh, yes, it is very, very sad. Especially for, like, all the people who survived the initial attack and then got sick and died of cancer, like respiratory diseases caused by all the dust. That's so fucked up. Oh, my God. I know. And all those precious, brave 9-11 search and rescue dogs. Oh. Ugh. It's just heartbreaking. It's all so sad. I know. But I, I promise I'm not going to talk about that. I'm going to tell you about how the fucking lone gunman kind of predicted 9-11 and how no one talks about how fucking wild that is. What? If you don't know who the lone gunmen are, Christy, I understand. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, they're characters from the X-Files. <laughs> what? <laughs> no. Yes, they're like the three nerdy dudes from the X-Files. They got their own spin-off show in 2001. No. <laughs> what? Yes. Um, oh my god, did they take them off the air because they predicted it too correctly or something? Like, what the fuck? I mean, maybe, but also just the show was not good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Alright, fair. Yep. Uh, so the Lone Gunman, their names, there's three of them, their names are Frohickey, Byers, and Langley. That's like, they're all their last names. That's what they go by on the show. Of um, course. Of course. They were a recurring group of characters that played investigators who ran this like conspiracy theory magazine on the X-Files. They would help Mulder out sometimes. They would like hit on Scully and say creepy things about her. That's seems right. Yep. That was their shtick. They were super popular. Everyone loved them. Uh, so Fox decided to do a little spin-off TV series. It only ran from March to June of 2001. Oh, no. <laughs> like I said, it was not good. Oh, my God. Uh, but in their first episode, first episode of the series, the pilot episode, literally called Pilot. Uh-huh. 
A computer. Oh, no. Yeah. You see where this is going? <laughs> a computer hacker takes control of a Boeing 727 aircraft and flies it towards the World Trade Center. No. So bad. And of course, the intention of that was to crash the plane into the Twin Towers. But at the very last moment, of course, the lone gunmen are able to hack the hacker. <laughs> I wrote LOL hackception in my notes. <laughs> That's the most early 2000s plot twist. They're able to hack the hacker by pressing all of the keys on the keyboard. Oh, yeah. I watched the clips from this and they're like typing, typing away. And one of them goes, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favorite memes. Just hacker voice. I'm in. <laughs> I love it when there's like a dog or cat in the meme and they're like hacking someone's computer. Anyway, it's great. <laughs> so good. So yeah, of course, they are able to get control of the plane back. They avoid disaster for everyone aboard the plane and everyone inside the World Trade Center. They're the big heroes. But it's all a secret because it was a government conspiracy. Um, oh shit yeah you love government conspiracies christy i love it <laughs> so in the show the hijacking was committed via a government war game scenario and it was done by a greedy american arms manufacturer with the hopes of increasing weapon sales in the u.s and it was to be blamed on like an anti-american extremist dictator used as a scapegoat basically wow it's a, you know it's a it's a lot uh rich dudes doing evil shit to make money i mean that that's a mm -hmm. tale as old as time mm -hmm. that's true and also uh wow that mirrors very closely what people say about the 9-11 conspiracy theories right and as if Girl. the u.s needs any help with gun sales <laughs> like come on <laughs> We're good. Oh, my God. No, thanks. But, Christy, this fucking episode aired on March 4th, 2001, six months before 9-11. I mean, yeah, it would have been a real bad look if they aired it afterwards. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> that would have been real bad. I heard uh, a rumor about, like, a some kind of plot like this on an episode of Friends around that time. Oh, my God. I don't know why terrorism was such a... Uh, like hot issue i whatever i was way too young to have been reading I, the news at the time but yeah i had no idea what was going on around me and i still don't but i <laughs> even less but even less then yeah so obviously the people behind the show like the writers the actors everyone they had no advanced knowledge of 9-11 we assume and hope, uh, but they were able to come up with this episode and, um, you know, they, if they could think of it, then certainly, you know, powerful people could or terrorists could or, or whatever, though I, I think it's quite doubtful that the actual perpetrators of 9-11 like watched this random X-Files spinoff episode <laughs> yeah, and thought like, hey, that's a really good idea. We should do that. Well, I mean, it clearly like... Pretty much all of our like adolescent and adult lives, it's just been like an empty space or a memorial area or like a talking point. But before that, I think it was like it was a symbol of like, you know, American commerce. Like it was a very obvious um, 
symbol to destroy for people. So it kind of makes sense. Yeah, that it was like the Target, the World Trade Center. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I again, I think, I mean, we would have been, what, in like sixth grade or something? E- yeah. Even younger when this happened. So we didn't really know <laughs> much about the World Especially, Trade Center. I was in the, the Midwest at the time. Like, I was just like, what's happening? How? I don't even understand, like, why I should. Like, I just was so removed from it that I was like, I feel like I ought to care, but I'm 10, so (laughs) fuck it. Like, I just didn't understand. Right, you're like, that's sad, but I don't don't understand why it's a big deal. I don't think I even knew, like, how many people died. Right. Well, yeah, I don't think... For, like, years. Yeah, that came out, like, kind of later as they were... There were just so many people missing for a really long time. Mm -hmm. It was crazy. Did they make you watch the news coverage in school? Yeah. Man. Yeah, I think uh, if you weren't on the East Coast or you weren't old enough to understand the gravity of the situation, it was kind of like, why? Oh, my God. Like, my teacher's crying. This is all over the news on every channel. You know, people are freaking out. We're holding a candlelight vigil in Las Vegas, Nevada for something that happened in New York. How weird. Um, Yeah, it was it's bizarre. But obviously, like, it's still something that everyone talks about every single year and anyway yeah so yeah it's probably just like a crazy specific coincidence that this episode happened and six months later the actual thing played out um what is kind of strange though is that no one really talked about this like after 9-11 obviously news like the media was a little busy identifying victims and telling the story and figuring out who did it and blah, 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 blah. Um, but like this episode never like re-aired and no one ever talked like, Hey, did anyone watch that shitty X-Files spinoff where they literally predicted this? Yeah. It just- and uh, it turns out no one was watching it. That's why they canceled it. <laughs> turns out the answer was no. Yeah. <laughs> no one watched it. No, no one watched it. That makes sense. That checks out, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's just kind of like something that was just uh, swept under the rug a little bit, unless you're a weird person like us that spends a lot of time on Reddit or Mysterious Universe. And so then you've, you know, heard about this weird future predicting coincidence. Yeah. The lone gunman predicted 9-11 and no one talks about it. <laughs> That's so wild. Instead, we are like, we just hear Bush did 9-11 or like all the other kinds of government conspiracies around it. Yeah, that's true. Jet fuel can't melt steel beams being one. Oh, God. Yeah. There's some there's some wild shit around <laughs> around that. Um, and this is also the- I'm pretty sure jet fuel can't like for the record, scientifically, jet fuel can melt steel beams that that phrase is coming from people asserting that the heat that jet fuel burns at isn't high enough to melt steel beams but that is false yeah that just seems like a stupid statement from someone who doesn't understand science or which i mean same but (laughs) but come on come on (laughs) i mean a plane blew through the building it was going down, regardless of if beams were melted or not. Whether or not it was maintained, you know? Yeah, you don't, you just don't, <laughs> buildings just don't survive that kind of thing. Like, they're not yeah. gonna, anyway. 
yeah, so there's a lot of crazy uh, government conspiracies and 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 theories floating around about 9-11. And this isn't the only TV show that seems to have predicted the future, maybe. <gasps> like, The Simpsons get credit for that a lot. Oh, yeah, that's true. Also, I was so hoping that you would have other examples because I know there are some. I cannot wait. <laughs> I have a few. But okay. The, yeah. So the Simpsons predicted Donald Trump running for president. They predicted the Siegfried and Roy tiger attack, which maybe not <laughs> everyone knows of. But growing up in Las Vegas, that was a big deal in our town. Oh, yeah. Uh, they predicted like the Ikea horse meat scandal. They predicted <gasps> even the Area 51 raid. That is maybe still happening this weekend. Hopefully not, because you'll fucking die. But this was the weekend yeah. it was scheduled for. <laughs> it's coming up. <laughs> and then uh, Parks and Rec predicted the Cubs randomly winning the World Series. Oh, my God. Which is actually crazy because, okay, I don't know anything about baseball, but I do know that the Cubs didn't win, like... <sighs> They were on a losing streak or something. They hadn't gone to the World Series in like 89 years. It had been like an insanely long time. Mm-hmm. And Parks and Rec, on like one of the final episodes, flash forwarded to 2017 and someone's in Chicago and they're like, well, everyone's in a great mood since the Cubs won the World Series. And it's like a joke that is hilarious. Uh, but then that actually happened the next year. <laughs> so in 2017, everyone was really happy in Chicago because the Cubs won the World oh Series. Oh my God. Like that. I love that. And I also love that people watching it from the future would be like, oh yeah, that happened, of course. And of they course. might not even know that that was just a fake thing that they did. Yeah, that was like the longest of shots uh, and just a dumb baseball joke because they were in Chicago. Uh, so yeah, it. writers for TV shows are kind of psychic. Wow, I'm I can ne- I guess I'm never gonna be a writer for a TV show because <laughs> I don't know if I can predict shit like that. Well, so I did read something that said that a popular TV show literally can't predict the future because it can influence the future. It's kind of interesting to think about. Like if a bunch of people watch something that was made up and created for this show. They then take it into their their brain. This is something they're going to remember. Now this is a thing that they think they know. It's something that they saw or whatever. And they might actually act on it or influence other things or other people to act on it, even if it's like on a subconscious level. Wow. Like it's it's now canon in your brain. I I mean, I guess I believe that. It's weird. But I feel like it's also taking it a little bit too far to say that it helped the Cubs win the World Series. Right. Like they like maybe a couple games. <laughs> like the the team was watching, the city of Chicago was watching, the fucking coach was watching, and they were like, This is it. This is our year. Parks and Rec said it. We believe it. Let's make it happen. And then it happened. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if honestly, if that's true, then like I changed my mind. I do believe the secret. I'm I'm going to start manifesting the shit out of stuff. You know what I mean? You like, gotta. You gotta. It, which, you know, I guess I, sh- I should really anyway, because if that's not white culture, what is? You know? Right. I'm just, just want to be in touch with my roots sometimes and just manifest things I don't deserve. <laughs> that couldn't be more white. <laughs> <laughs> We don't have culture, so we made it up. 
<laughs> I mani- We manifested it. Yeah. If we didn't steal it from other people, we just make it up. It's fine. Oh, my God. Uh, and so that's all I'm going to say about that. But there is another 9-11 mystery that I just kind of, like, go through briefly. Because <gasps> uh, I know, like, the lone gunman story, kind of short. And, you know, it's all whatever. Um, but there is a, a serious mystery in who killed Henrik Siwiak. I hope I said that right. Henrik Siwiak. Um, so this poor man was murdered in New York the night of 9-11 when it was just like absolute fucking chaos and police were overwhelmed and that city was going through just fucking hell. What? And this poor guy. So like he had nothing to do with like the towers coming down. Like he had called his family and been like, I'm totally safe. I wasn't in the towers. I'm nowhere near them. I'm totally fine. And then he was like to start a new job that day. And he went to a part of New York, a part of Brooklyn that he had never been to before. And I guess at that time it was a pretty rough neighborhood. That's what I heard in the inside edition video. I was watching about this. Wow. <laughs> um, and this guy, Henrik, Siwiak, he was shot in Brooklyn around midnight on 9-11. Oh, my God. And since he wasn't robbed and he was wearing a camouflage jacket and he spoke English with a heavy accent, detectives have speculated that his killer may have thought he had something to do with the attacks. Oh, no. I know. That's the fucking worst. That's really fucking sad. Like, not to bring all the sadness back, but there was a hashtag trending on Twitter this 9-11 that just happened and i think it was like hashtag after september 11 um and it was people talking about how americans treated anyone who was middle east or i shouldn't even say americans how white people treated anyone who was middle eastern after the attacks like you know kids not being oh, able yeah. to make friends and people getting fired Hella from their jobs up. yeah like just that mob mentality of just fucking racist white people freaking out because of 9-11 yeah people are the worst People um, are terrible. The worst. The worst. Uh, and anyway. <laughs> anyway, after um, after all of that, this poor guy was murdered. And, and Henrik's murder remains unsolved to this day. He's often referred to as the last person killed in New York on 9-11. Which wow. is a rough thing to deal with like his poor family fuck yeah. like no one like they, they tried to solve it but like there was i mean it's fucking 9-11 in new york right I, yeah what are you gonna do like I, I think they were probably at capacity of like yeah. dealing with shit which is not an excuse but and they don't consider no, but damn like on the all like the oh, what was it the homicide records or whatever for that day he's like the only murder on that day the only homicide they don't consider everyone else to, that's like a terrorist attack so, oh yeah anyway that makes sense so that's a sad mystery to end my story on wow yes it is but i don't know i someone brought up the lone gunman thing around 9-11 and i was like fuck it was a good one though it was a good one to do <laughs> okay cool <laughs> i approve i hope it wasn't yeah i was like this is gonna suck or it might be interesting to some people i hope also the theme of the day is um Pop culture and mysteries that happen and then no one ever talks about again. That's fucking true. We did it. We've always got some kind of, of sync, some some synchronicity happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have a quick weird fact for you. 
Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Did you know that a flock of ravens is called an unkindness, which is cool. But another name for a flock of ravens is a motherfucking conspiracy. No. That's true. I love it. (laughs) That's even better than unkindness. It's equally creepy. Very on brand for us. Oh, yeah. I love that someone like took a look at a group of ravens and was like, you know what? These motherfuckers are mean and they're plotting something. (laughs) And I don't like it. I'm writing this down. That group is called a conspiracy. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yeah. That's good stuff. Yeah. There's your weird fact. I mean, I do. I I did know already that a group of crows is called a murder of crows. Right. But I did not know those other ones. And those are better, I think. A conspiracy of ravens, a murder of crows. Um, fuck, what is the one that's flamboyant? Is that the flamingos? Probably. <laughs> that sounds right. A flamboyance of flamingos. <laughs> that one's cute. That one is cute. Yeah. Love names for groups of birds. Why not? Uh, Me too. So I think that's it. Uh, I'll put links for my sources in my show notes per use with a picture of the lone gunman and maybe even a clip from that pilot episode. Oh, yeah. I'm going to post that uh, drunk history video and then obviously my links to Wikipedia. Perfect. Love it. And that's it. And that's fucking it. Uh, you wow. can find those show notes at that'sweird.org. Mm-hmm. And you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at That's Weird Cast. You should join our Facebook group. It's awesome. And sometimes people are in there that don't even listen to the podcast, apparently. <laughs> I love that. I, I would, too. It's a good group. It is a very, very good group. We've got totes and pins and buttons that you can buy. There's links, again, um, I guess not in our show notes, but in like more details or whatever for the episode on iTunes. You know where to find it. Uh, if you have a weird story you want to tell us or an idea for an episode or just want to talk to us, send us an email. That's weirdcast at gmail.com. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe. It super duper helps us. And stay weird, you guys. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's fucking it. Get out of here. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Go listen to whatever other podcast you listen to. <laughs> okay, seriously, bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Rebecca Lieb. And I'm Jason Horton. And we're the hosts of Ghost Town, a comedy podcast about all places abandoned, tragic, mysterious, haunted, and true crime That's not a word. Eh. We cover all kinds of locations like... The Los Feliz Murder House. An L.A. murder frozen in time. Action Park. The world's most dangerous amusement park. JonBenet Ramsey's house, Woodstock 99, the Cecil Hotel, and the Black House. Ooh, Satan. Mm. So pause the podcast you're currently listening to immediately and go subscribe to Ghost Town. You can find us at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.